Hey, welcome everybody to the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. It's so good to have you back. Uh, Pastor Josiah here, uh, your friendly host. And then uh, we got Easton Walker, our recording engineer. Hola. And what should we call you? Um, occasional commenter. Occasional commenter, guest, sort of. So glad to have you guys along for the ride. We love podcasts because uh, you can listen to them on your time. And the heart of the Crosspoint Scripture Podcast is to get you guys into your Bibles. As Christians, we have to be into the inspired Word of God. And it has to be done on a daily basis. And we hope that the Crosspoint Scripture Podcast is a way for you to either start your day, end it, or maybe a lunch break time. Um, getting into God's word because it's going to give you, it's going to help direct the rest, the course of the rest of your day. And not because we're so cool. I mean, I think we're all right, you know, but because the word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so we need to be into it as Christians, especially in these days when things are getting uh, very strange. Yeah, definitely some interesting news articles I've seen recently. It's getting interesting, Easton. But the Word of God never changes, and it's always got power in it. So today, we're going to take our verse of the day, as we always do. Uh, If you're just joining us, if you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for being here. What we do, we try to keep it simple, man. We are there's minimalism happening here on purpose. Um, And what we try to do is we'll take a verse of the day from you version, and we're going to look at it. Context: Can we see Christ in this verse? What was the original author trying to communicate? And uh, we hope that it'll. What happens every time is that the uh, the Word of God shows you that, you know, when we look at it in its context, it, it, it never fails to make the verse better. So taking a verse out of context may help you at the time because you can kind of shoehorn it into something that you wanted it to say, but it actually you're robbing yourself because when you put the verses back into context where God put them and where the original author had them, you just you'll see they gain so much more depth and power. So we're going to a very famous book, uh, one that I think a lot of people talk about more than they actually read, and uh, one that they've heard things that maybe you've heard things about or someone's told you it's depressing, don't read it, um, <laughs> it's hard to understand, it's dark. It's So, yes, indeed, we are going to the sunny fields of flowers that is the book of Ecclesiastes. Okay, and I believe the book of Ecclesiastes has gotten a bad name because um, people are like, this is what the scripture podcast is all about. We're trying to get you back into your Bible, reading it for yourself and seeing it in context. And that way you won't just go, oh, I've heard Ecclesiastes is a boring, sad book about death and how everything's meaningless. So I don't read it. Um, I would say that is an out of context comment, and I think you should get back into Ecclesiastes and see for yourself. Today's verse comes from chapter 12, verse 13, and it's going to help us along the way uh, to see that Ecclesiastes is actually a really bracing book of wisdom. Now, I won't lie to you, there are, there are some stark things in there, but the point of the book is not that everything, everybody dies and so there's no meaning to anything, so give it all up, and our verse today kind of shows you that. Okay, so we're in chapter 12, verse 13. Um, The book of Ecclesiastes is one of the wisdom books in the Old Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. It's a book full of wisdom. Job is usually put in with those two. And uh, so Ecclesiastes takes on the form of a sermon or a uh, teaching by someone who refers to himself as the teacher. And it's all about... um, this man says like Solomon that he went out and he basically like tried to make this perfect life for himself. And by doing that, he began to see some of the holes 
in life and and it begins to push him back again on God like and so in verse 13 chapter 12 verse 13 it says this the end of the matter all has been heard fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man okay so right off the bat I think this should dispel the whole stereotype that Ecclesiastes point is there's no point to life because this verse seems to be <laughs> in the wrong book, if that's true. Um, the end of the matter all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Okay, And just in our immediate context now, there's some words that need to be paid attention to. So first of all, we've talked about the fear of God on here before, but it never hurts to do it again. Here is talking about um, the kind of respect for God that, um, to use a crude example, but it's it's true enough that I think you guys will get my point. Um, you, this is recommending that we fear God, meaning to have a deep reverence and respect for him, sort of in the same way you have a reverence and respect for electricity. If a sign says 10,000 volts, do not touch, you get this deep feeling inside like, I am going to respect that sign. It says that, I see with my eyes that it's probably true, and so I'm going to keep my hand back from touching it. Um, that that hat that's part of now electricity is an impersonal force and God is a person. Uh, you don't love electricity. You may appreciate it and use it, but you don't love it. But you definitely need to love God, and we do love God. But I, but the metaphor works in as far as you can be afraid of something in a way that's not harmful to you or that involves that thing being evil or bad. So, but just to clarify, like. I do want to touch that 10,000 volt thing with like a state, <laughs> like something. I just want to know. You want to know if it's really, yeah. how about this? What if it's humming? Does that satisfy you? You're like, dude, I can hear that humming. I'm not touching it. Maybe I would throw it and not actually be holding <laughs> it I, from a very far distance. Okay. But bottom line, you wouldn't take <laughs> your bare smooth palm and just put it right on there, right? Uh, no, definitely not. All right. And that comes from a deep-seated fear of electricity, which is good and healthy. Yes. So that's what's being recommended here is a fear of, of, of reverence for God. And that's why it's immediately followed by, and keep his commandments, okay? Mm-hmm. So God's laid down these commandments, and they're meant to be kept, and not in kind of like a, they're not friendly suggestions. They're called commandments for reason, and their source comes from the holy, infinite creator of the universe, so you need to fearfully respect him and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. So the um, setting it back in its in its large context in the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes has lots of searching around like, well, it's definitely better to, to have stuff than to be poor, but even people who have stuff will die and it'll all go to their next generation and they'll get rid of it and um, it, yes, it may be better to be wise than to be a fool, but even wise people die. And so there, all these kind of things are, are put to this fire test throughout Ecclesiastes. And, and this, verse 13, is what kind of finally surfaces, that it, do not put anything, riches, life, wisdom, children, anything, don't put it in that place where God belongs because um, the whole duty of man is to fear God and to keep his commandments. God is the center of it all. If you fear him and know him, you've you've got it no matter what's wrong with you. Fear if you're sick, poor, 
rich, famous, educated, uneducated, you haven't missed it if you fear God and keep his commandments. Okay, for this is the whole, and that that, uh, theme music comes from me. I don't don't know if that came through or not. It was worth it to see see you jump there buddy uh the the fear god and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man they're using the word duty there on purpose because um it's what you've been commanded to do what does god want from you is to fear him and to keep his commandments okay now let's look at um looking at the larger context of verse 13 is was our verse yeah anybody who was wondering i don't know if you could hear it but my phone slash laptop just rang in both of my ears fairly loudly beautiful Wonderful. Hey, hey, podcasting, you know. Um, Verse 14 comes right after, Keep for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. I mean, that... If you're looking for verses you need to pay attention to, here it is, you know. And you're thinking now, my mind is casting forward to the Gospels where Jesus um, says in several different ways, he says, hey, whatever is whispered in in rooms will be shouted from the rooftop. And he also, Jesus was well known for saying, there is nothing secret or hidden that isn't made to be manifest or to be made known. And here it is in verse 14, for God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So this context, it sheds some light on 13. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. It helps us understand the writer of Ecclesiastes is not making a suggestion. It's like not he's he's not making a suggestion. He's saying you you know it's best to fear God and keep His commandments because you live in a reality that God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So it's placed into that biblical worldview where we will all um, appear before the judgment seat of Christ and answer for our lives. That's the whole idea of the duty of man. You know, a little bit of context. The verse before it uh, was a verse I quoted to my parents while in school that says, uh, NLT, but my child, let me give you further advice. Be careful, for the writing of books is endless, and much study wears you out. Yeah, that's right. So doesn't really uh, provide context for the verse (laughs) <laughs> right after it, but you know, if you needed something interesting to That's right. And if you wanna yeah, don't let your kids know this one or they'll get get it over on you on homework. But I but honestly, um Easton, it does bring context to it because the end of the matter, so the, this is a um that's a context word, the end of the matter, context phrase, so yeah. to speak, and it makes you wonder why it's there. This is a book, the writer of Ecclesiastes knew he was writing this down, you know, this was meant to be read and studied. And it's such a great, um, only the Bible would have this kind of an end on a book about things like this. My son, beware of anything beyond these. So this, the collected sayings, um, look at this, verse 11. So we're at twelve eleven now, just speaking of context, the words of the wise are like goads. That's the thing you poke cattle with to keep them going and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings they are given by one shepherd capital s my son beware of anything beyond these beware it's actually being warned about anything beyond the biblical material doesn't say don't read it it just says you know beware of making many books there is no end and much study is a weariness of the flesh it's just the truth yeah that's true i mean i know that there's uh 
I know a lot of, not a lot, but I, there was a friend that I have that is always reading mm-hmm. different Christian books. Yeah. Uh, and I asked him, I was like, how much of the Bible though? Are you like, have you checked with this? Cause sometimes they get a little bit, uh, uh, interesting with the way that they, like they, maybe they needed to read Ecclesiastes 12, yeah. Yeah. 12 and 11. Exactly. So um, it is a great, it gives context to the entire book of Ecclesiastes, and that's why it leads into verse 13 saying the end of the matter is this, that we, if we fear God and keep his commandments, it's the whole duty of man. So what does God require of you that you keep his command, commandments? It's the whole duty of man. So where do we see um, Christ in these verses? Because if you have any sense, I think 13 and 14 should put a little fear into you. Mm-hmm. I would say even maybe the wrong kind to some degree. It'll put a lot of the good kind in you, but it might put some of the wrong too. Condemnation and fear, I think, should come along with 13 and 14 if you have any self-awareness at all. I think you'll know that you have not always feared God and kept his commandments. And if it is a duty, and verse 14 says, God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Um, If this isn't a beautiful setup for the gospel, I don't know what is. Um, if we can see where we see Christ in these verses, if you'll go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see that, especially maybe in the Gospel of John, but in, but honestly in all four, I'm just saying uh, it's especially clear in John because Jesus says it over and over again. But if you look through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to see that this is what Jesus claimed to be doing. Verse 13, he claimed to just be fearing God and keeping his commandments. You'll see that. So he's challenged all the time, and he's basically always saying, I do what, I, I do what my father tells me to do. Um, I honor God. You guys don't. If you did, you would know me. You would honor me. You would love me. If you kept my father's word, you would keep mine also. Just, it's on and on and on. So what was Jesus doing on earth? He was doing what verse 13 says. He was fearing God and keeping his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. It's really interesting because when you look at Jesus' life, he calls you to take up your cross and follow him. And sometimes we get trapped into thinking that Jesus was like doing all this stuff that's just like we shouldn't even dream or think about doing, but that's really hard because Jesus says throughout the Gospels that we should do exactly what we see him doing. He told the disciples to follow him and told them to do lots of the things he was doing, including the uh, praying for the sick, casting out demons. Um, there was nothing that Jesus said, hey, I do this, but you guys need to leave it alone, except for one thing that I know of from the Gospels, which was um, only Jesus was crucified for the sins of the world. And he makes that clear to his disciples because when he'll say it over and over again, he'll say, hey, where I'm going now, you can't follow me. Up until then, he told them always, you guys see what I'm doing? You do it too. You see I'm doing this? You do it. You see I, I give you authority over unclean spirits. I tell you to lay hands on people and pray for them and they will recover. And we see right after Jesus died and ascended and the Holy Spirit was poured out in the church, we see the disciples raising people from the dead and so on. So Jesus doesn't keep any of his actions away from us save one that I know of. You know, I'm, I'm not a scholar, but... As far as I understand, the first time Jesus said, you guys can't follow me or do this is when he was crucified for the sins of the world. That was a one-of-a-kind act from God. But otherwise, Jesus came to show us what it looks like when a man fears God and keeps his commandments. And so that helps us see Christ in these verses because this was fulfilled. So now you understand what it says, that Jesus fulfilled a life that we could not, and he did it on our behalf. And so when you put your faith in him, Um, that's when you are cleansed from every sin. That's when you don't have to fear verse 14 anymore. Jesus, um, the life of Jesus has saved us from the wrath of God to come. 
Verse 14, God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. And that's why in the New Testament you'll see that when you put your faith in Christ, the blood of Jesus cleanses, you know, cleanses us from all sin. Um, and so, yeah, if you're looking for Jesus in these verses, it's pretty easy to see. All right, so hopefully we've dispelled some of the myths around Ecclesiastes. Like I told you, I'm not trying to oversell it. Um, Ecclesiastes is not a Disney movie. No, there, definitely not. There will be some uh, stark truths in there, but um, it's not a book. It's not a. It's not a funeral book. That's just about how everything stinks and and so death. It's more of a searching wisdom book, and there's a lot of beautiful things in there. A lot of good things in there. It just faces some hard truths about aging and about death and about the corruption that's all throughout the world. And um, so it's good stuff, and it's a the good prelude. The fun stuff, exactly. And it's a good prelude to the gospel. Okay, so beautiful verse, Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. Um, really appreciate you guys being along the road with us. Um, always encourage you, if you like what you hear on the podcast, go home and read the whole chapter. You know, we do a verse on here. If you're like, man, I like that. That's helping me then make your practice in the evening or in the morning to go home and just take down the whole chapter and see what you see what you find. You know, prayerfully read your way through it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any suggestions or um, helpful um, encouragement, things like that, um, we're always available. You can uh, comment on our uh, Facebook page or you can reach me, J-S-E-R-R-A at thecrosspoint.com and um, I hope to see you next time. Thanks for being here. Peace.